Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Maddie Flint and you're listening to The Essentials, the educational podcast that brings you thought-provoking concepts from science, cognition, history, and faith. I'm super glad to have you. This episode, I have material for you on the importance of good sleep and on two factors that can aid in a more restful night's sleep, sunlight and ASMR for those who are open to it. So we know that sleep is a necessity It has been forever, it will always be. Studies show that after four days without sleep, you may have a very distorted perception of reality. So you could actually go into a weird psychosis or something if you don't sleep enough. And cognition is a powerful and complex aspect of the human body, and it requires sleep for routine recovery. You have subsystems of your brain that promote wakefulness and aid in REM regulation, so REM. And that stands for rapid eye movement sleep. And this type of sleep is crucial for many different cognitive functions, such as memory consolidation, brain development, and emotional processing, just to name a few. You cycle through four stages multiple times per night's rest, or theoretically you do, and they're called the N1, N2, and N3, which are your non-REMs, and then REM sleep. So those are the four cycles. And during the fourth one, the REM sleep, that is where you have rapid eye movements and your body functions almost as if it's awake, but you're, you're asleep. So your eyelids are, are closed over your eyes, you're in bed, you're resting, but you have heightened bodily activity, which is very unlike the other three where everything slows down. And I'm going to go into those in, in a description in a minute. So the temporal distribution of sleep and wakefulness is due to the interactions between the circadian rhythm and the sleep homeostatic system. And that's from the National Library of Medicine and the NIH. You can look all this stuff up. It's very interesting. And sleepfoundation.org also has an article with a great description of the three types of non-REM sleep. And this is peer-reviewed and has a lot of really great information. So that's where I'm going to get the descriptions for the first three stages of sleep. Stage one or N1, this is light sleep. As your brain slows down, low amplitude mixed frequency activity replaces those alpha brain waves that took over as you became drowsy. Your body has some muscle tone and your breathing is regular. Then you move into stage two, which is also light sleep. This is N2. Your heart rate and body temperature will both decrease. Sleep spindles and K complexes, specific brain wave patterns, begin occurring as you continue transitioning towards deeper sleep. So then you're at stage three, and this is N3, deep sleep. Your brain waves at this stage, called delta waves, are at their slowest of the night. This is where waking you up would be difficult, and those who are roused from this stage experience sleep inertia, which is a short period of fogginess and impaired cognitive performance. In deep sleep, your body physically repairs itself It boosts its immune system and it restores its bones, muscles, and tissue. Another fact to consider when attempting to get good rest is that the body is more comfortable in a room that is cool enough to help cause its core to cool down from one to three degrees. And then when you wake up, it'll increase in heat those few degrees. So it's a regulatory sequence as everything is in the body. Our bodies love regulation and they have many physiological mechanisms to keep these systems functioning normally. It's when they don't function normally that we end up with underlying health conditions and other diseases. When you do receive a healthy sleep, you will be more likely to 
get sick less often, stay at a healthy weight, lower your risk for serious health problems like diabetes and heart disease, or keep those conditions regulated if you do have them, reduce stress and improve your mood, think more clearly and do better in school or at work, and get along better with people. And that's because all of these things have to do with regulation and functions of our body systems like the endocrine system, which is a big one because of the many roles that hormones and blood sugar play in our lives, nervous, muscular, and digestive systems. Your immune system will also be better able to fight off infection as well, as during sleep it releases cytokines, which are proteins that play a part in growth and activity of other immune functions and in blood cells, and the immune system by signaling that, hey, it's time to start fighting. They are a broad group. Some of them are like battle warriors and they degrade tumors and stuff. So getting less sleep will decrease the amount of these little proteins in circulation. So yes, sleep is very important. But what happens when you're having trouble falling asleep? Here are some things that you can do to help your body prepare for a deeper rest. Number one is to get more sunlight. And I know that may sound ironic because I'm telling you that you'll have better sleep if you're exposed to the sun more, but it's kind of an indirect relationship. Dr. Andrew Huberman has some excellent content about this natural benefit. You could listen to the Huberman Lab podcast for more on that. It's really interesting. I love listening to it. But light and dark are huge markers for our biological circadian rhythms and those stimuli will trigger wakefulness or sleepiness and artificial light just does not cut it it's not sufficient enough to do what the sun does which is to get mechanisms like the cortisol mechanism up and running among a bunch of other ones but for um, clarity's sake i'll just leave it there i've always loved sunlight i never get headaches like from being out in the sun and man-made artificial light it's just a complete juxtaposition of what natural sunshine can do. I remember in high school, my art teacher, and I had art first period my junior year, would turn the lights off in the classroom and allow all of that natural sunlight in, which a lot of the students preferred because they would complain about getting headaches from the lighting at school. So it just felt like a huge relief to have natural lighting and to be able to do art in peace and in comfort because most places, schools, colleges, like workspaces, have that, that artificial lighting that a lot of people complain that they get headaches from. Fluorescent lighting has been known to do that. That's why a lot of times if you're looking up how to relieve yourself from migraines from fluorescent lighting, you'll see that it's recommended to use filters for your lights, something just to diffuse all of that fluorescent lighting from. But with the sunlight, that's naturally good for you. It increases vitamin D production, gets those mechanisms stimulated, and it really wakes you up, resetting your circadian rhythm to a more regulated state. I always think about it like being in touch with nature, the nature that God has created and has allowed us to be a part of, is so biologically beneficial. There's a reason why nothing lab-grown or man-made can compare to the natural phenomena around us. So the light we need early in the day would be natural sunlight for photons. And I'm not telling you to stare directly at the sun, but just to get some sun exposure and some of that lovely brightness into your morning routine. And it does take longer to accomplish getting sufficient amounts of sunlight from being behind a window, like being in the car, being in the house. That could be like a last resort, but it does feel really good to just be outside with the sun when you start your day. And you may even find that you feel more motivated and rejuvenated as 
it sets the tone for the rest of your day. For the second thing that you can do to ensure that you fall into a deeper sleep or fall asleep more easily is to listen to ASMR. This stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. So it means that this is a response that happens to yourself, autonomous. So that's that's yourself. And meridian response, that's your body responding to a specific stimuli that you feel. You may feel it as tingles or as some other type of sensation, a neurological sensation. So it's very personalized. And scientific studies are still underway on the topic as it's relatively new. The term was coined just 13 years ago. And the YouTube videos of it really blew up in like 2013, 2014. But the ones that we do have now, the studies, have proven that ASMR is experienced by people in over 130 different countries around the world. And each person who experiences it will report the same type of warm, tingly, or chill-like gentle shivers in the back of their head. And even down their arms or their backs. So we may wonder, which areas of the brain have to do with this response? And they are the nucleus acubens, the dorsal anterior cingulate cortex, the insular cortex, and the inferior frontal gyrus. And that part is actually really interesting because that portion of your brain has a lot to do with cognitive inhibition. So it's really suppressing distractions. It's a main part of your brain that plays a role in focusing and attention. So listening to ASMR, you're getting personal attention and you're paying attention to the sounds that you're listening to and you're really just in tune with those triggers and you're able to suppress all the outside distractions. These regions are also the ones that are associated with both reward and emotional arousal. So they are the same areas that are activated when you receive these close and calm and gentle forms of personal attention. So just to list some examples of situations where maybe you experienced a version of ASMR, we have the eye doctors, like when the eye doctor gets really close and brings those lenses over and it's like lens one or two. How about two or three? Okay, two or three, one or two. And it's just like really quiet and calming and some people experience ASMR then. I do like my eye appointments also because I wind up getting glasses that I can see out of because my eyes keep changing, but that'll level off after 25, I think, hopefully. Some other places that you may experience ASMR would be during ear cleanings, haircuts, that's a big one. A lot of people love like scalp massages and just that relaxation that comes from palpitating the scalp, which has a lot of nerve endings in it, and the the top of the neck, the part that's closest to your head, and then the sounds of the haircuts or whatever it is. It's just that gentle personal attention that a lot of people enjoy. Um, Listening to Bob Ross. Lots of people have actually mentioned that listening to Bob Ross will give them a sensation of ASMR because he's so calm and friendly and you just feel very welcomed and you're watching him create these masterpieces with that audio that was kind of fuzzy. A lot of people really like that. And then even in like certain movies that have really crisp microphones and quiet noises like cooking, soft speaking, sweeping, etc. I don't get the eating ones though. Those ones just gross me out a little bit. But those brain regions that I mentioned, the ones that are in the reward center, are also the same ones that have to do with becoming addicted to drugs. And that's all because of oxytocin. Oxytocin is a hormone, and we talked about how sleep is good for the endocrine system, so there would be a connection here. 
your body falls into a relaxed state where these feel-good hormones are plentifully moving through your bloodstream because in the endocrine system, hormones travel through the blood and your brain is stimulated in all the right places to trigger ultimate relaxation. And maybe you have not experienced ASMR ever before, but they say there's a trigger out there for everybody, so maybe you just haven't found the one that works the best for you. And there are also some university scientific studies that have shown that within the personalities of people who experience ASMR, a lot of them tend to score high in curiosity and neuroticism and lower in conscientiousness, extroversion, and agreeableness. I don't know if that applies for everybody, but I mean, there were quite a few people who tended to score high in those areas of personality. And they also scored high on the trait of openness, openness to experience, and they're very receptive to specific types of physical, auditory, and visual experiences than other people. And there are a lot of benefits to ASMR. Lots of research actually does suggest that ASMR can lead to changes in brain activity that are usually associated with being calm or relaxed, and it also has been found to significantly reduce the heart rate and slow down breathing, which is what makes it a lot easier for your body to just kind of transition from a state of being more awake into a more calm and relaxed state that makes it easier to fall asleep and easier to reach those stages of the sleep cycle. And the third thing to do to benefit your sleeping is to not eat within two to three hours before bedtime. Now, there's no set time, like a solid 8 p.m. or whatever, that you should stop eating after because everybody has a different bedtime routine. So whatever bedtime is for you, like whatever time that is, try not to eat two hours before that time. Many scientists who have researched the subject agree that we could be throwing off our circadian rhythms, which are the internal body clocks, by eating too close to bedtime, and this can lead to acid reflux, indigestion, because when you eat, it increases gastric acid production. Your stomach has to break down and digest all the food. So then you've got acids, enzymes, proteins, epithelial connective tissue, and a whole bunch of other things secreting and working together to break down all this food into nutrients for your body right as you're about to lay down and go to sleep. And your body, in attempts to keeping everything regulated, will slow digestion down when you sleep. So it's like this slowed down version of regular digestion and you're lying on your back. So that's just, that can be discomforting. And those two to three hours that I was talking about are what give the stomach enough time to move all those contents into the small intestine, which then it's okay to sleep because your intestines have a lot more surface area than your stomach, so it can hold more. And the stomach is able to settle down. So in summary, in order to help yourself prepare for a better sleep routine or to get deeper sleep, you should try to limit eating too much before you go to sleep, around two to three hours before you go to sleep. You should also try to get more sunlight because sunlight is so crucial to our body's natural well-being, physical and mental, as it can boost the body's level of serotonin, which is a chemical that improves your mood and helps you stay calm and focused. And it also makes sure that your internal clock is right on time where it should be between wakefulness and sleepiness. And you should also experiment with ASMR or try it out if you're open to the concept. It is very beneficial. It can be. It is for me. I listen to ASMR almost every night before falling asleep because I really enjoy being in such a relaxed state because I, I overthink a lot. I always have a lot on my mind and sometimes it's hard for me to wind down, but 
ASMR makes that a very easy process. So with that, I am going to wrap up this episode of The Essentials. I hope that you guys enjoyed it and I appreciate the listen. As always, I hope that you have a great week, weekend, whenever day you're listening to this on. And be sure to check out all the other great podcasters that are right here on the BMG Network.